Yeah, I, and I I think that's a good look. I don't I don't know about you guys, but I think he's made a lot of progress. Hey, what's up, guys? On this episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, Skip, Andrew, and I answer a bunch of your listener questions. Uh, we start out talking about SEO. How common is it that people are using site enhancement oil? What is it? What are the different types and how does it work? After that, we discuss sodium, using sodium to improve your workouts and get great pumps in the gym. Then we discuss a young guy who is given Clomid to be used solely as his TRT. Is rebounding from your first show a good time to begin using growth hormone? We discuss Anadrol late in the prep. Is that a good or bad idea? And we have some crazy client stories. Guys, listen, Skip, Andrew, and I have been coaching for a long time. We're here today to freely share our education with you so that you guys can be better in the sport. We hope that you guys learn something, uh, feel free to comment with any questions you have because we're going to record again this weekend. We will tackle those questions on the next show. All right, guys, let's get to it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally, and of course, I'm here with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to our Patreon followers. Thank you guys for helping to support everything we do. Huge shout out to you. What's up, gentlemen? Look at uh, look at Andrew's face over there, Skip. <laughs> I know, he's like, all pulled in, looking lean as shit. And I get to sit next to him on the podcast, so I look all full-faced and... You, you 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 look like you could be getting ready for something still. Even yeah, like, you look pretty lean, Skip. You, like, do. Uh, you do. I, I was gonna I was gonna ask if you've uh, put the Doritos away. It sounds like that, that that's. I happened. did put the Doritos away, but let's not go as far as saying lean. <laughs> One step at a time. Baby steps will get you there, people. We uh, we're gonna tackle uh, a bunch of listener questions here. You guys had posted a bunch of stuff up over at the Think Big group on uh, Facebook. Yes, we still have a Facebook group. If we could do an Instagram group, I would, but there's no such thing. You know what I'm saying? So not yet. So here, not we, yet. Here we are. Um, Andrew, you had a couple things too, didn't you? You had some stuff from female clients. We should probably, uh, we could probably make time to to bring those in today. Um, yeah. And then we had a question from uh, Nate Spear as well. I wanted to start with that because I thought that would be one that would be fun to kind of jump right into. It had to do with um, SEO. It's a topic that we don't really talk a ton about. Here it is. Uh, Nate had asked. He says, um, here's a juicy one. <laughs> Opinions on how much SEO is really being used in the sport currently. Risks, uh, worth it to some. Um, the know of uh, when to, to uh, knowing when to apply it. And he said, let's get real with this one. No sugarcoating it. <laughs> nice. Andrew, so, run with it. Well, look, I got a question for you guys, first of all. Yeah. Do you think, what, what percentage of pros do you think are using SEO? Let's, let's start there. 70. 70? Maybe a little less. 65. Or, or, okay, have, are using currently or have at some point in their career? Let's, let's talk about the guys that are currently on stage uh, right now. Are they are they using SEO to get the look that they're obtaining? Maybe 40%. Or to enhance their look. Yeah. I mean, let's be fair. <laughs> I know you didn't mean it that way. I, I, well, explain, I didn't want explain that what you mean by the difference well, of that for me. Because I, enhancement, guys. here's the difference. Enhancement is more of the icing on the cake. Uh, 
versus creating the look that they have. I think when you say creating the look, and, and I know you didn't mean this, I'm, I'm just trying to yeah make the difference or the contrast. If you create the look, then you're almost reliant upon it for how you look. And I don't think that that's the case at the pro level. It's a, it's making that look better. It's putting the icing on the cake. And Andrew may ask a good question as far as whether they're currently using it. I don't, I don't think your numbers are far off at all. And I, it's my best guess because I'm not as connected uh, now to the top pros as I was when I was in Colorado. I knew far more what was going on then. Uh, but I don't think the numbers are much different. I think that what they're using and how they're using it might be a little bit different now, uh, I think, which uh, I think leads to the other question about the hyaluronic acid, which could be tied in as well. I think uh, um, th this is creating it. Is this, yeah, right? I, and I I think that's a good look. I don't I don't know about you guys, but I think he's made a lot of progress. I, I saw him a few years ago. His before picture was not very good. So, you know, sometimes you have to play the hand that you're dealt. <laughs> and okay, he's, and he's playing it. So, and and then I, I'm I still I do want to turn it back over to you, Andrew. But I just wanted to kind of seed it a little bit. How many guys you thought were using it? And, um, and, and then what, what, what are we talking about here? What is SEO exactly? Well, first, when we say guys that are using it, I'm also, I'm not just including pros, but I'm including top amateurs. Okay. Um, you know, I think you, you, and you might even see more, a higher percentage of use at the top amateur level. Mm -hmm. Like maybe a guy has great back. He's got great shoulders, great arms. His quads are just lacking just a little bit of a sweep. Okay, maybe that's where he's choosing to use it. Or, you know, he's got a little bit, he's a little long in the arms uh, in that uh, tendency. He's throwing a little bit in his arms just to try to finish out the look because his structure and his frame are all there. He's filled in the muscle. It's just for some reason he can't get his biceps to match his shoulders and his delts. So it looks a little bit out of proportion. I think that's the primary way that most people are using SEO. And to, to you know, to, to say what it is, it's, you know, um, well, it's a term we now use to cover a couple different substances, but it originally was uh, site enhancement oil, which it was an oil that you could inject multiple times a week in varying dosages to increase inflammation, stretch out the fascia to get that muscle to grow or at least appeared to have grown. Um, now we have, uh, yeah, there, yeah, there's a product on the screen. Um, now we're kind of in the second generation or even third generation where you're seeing hyaluronic acid being used um, as well as other additives like silica, um, you know, uh, I think I think those are the two main ones now um, getting down to the safety of it, because I think that's the important thing when we're talking mm -hmm. about SEO in, in terms of just the oil part of it. I don't think that using massive amounts of oils um, shot into a muscle group routinely or over, at least over a long period of time is good for you because that oil is going to go somewhere. And I know we're already shooting you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, anabolic agents into our bodies that, that have an oil base. I don't think compounding it with up to 12 cc's or more of yeah. another oil each week for 10, 12, 15 weeks at a time is healthy because eventually, you know, everything gets into your bloodstream, right? And it's going to travel to your heart and it's going to travel to your lungs and things have a habit of impacting and settling in the lungs. And I think that just opens you up, opens yourself up to issues with like embolisms and, um, mm -hmm. you know, other, other serious catastrophic, catastrophic events. Mm -hmm. um, so my preference, actually, if we're talking about it, is uh, hyaluronic acid. Mm -hmm. I feel it's much safer. Um, I feel like the look is very much the same. It actually, I feel it looks a little bit more natural than a lot of the, uh, the oil-based products out there. Um, we can go over like 
a protocol that I might think is suitable, but um, I guess I want to turn it over and see what Skip thought. I like a lot of what you're saying. I'm going to go, um, well, I'm going to go on record as saying I, I agree with pretty damn near everything you said, but I want to add something. And I know that it might be an eye roll to some, but just hear me out. If you have ever injected, you, if you have thought to yourself, gosh, my shoulders are weak. So you put the large bulk of your anabolics in your shoulders and you're doing that because you know full well that they round out and they look more full that way and your shoulders look bigger. Really, technically, by definition, you're sight enhancing. Now, you're not using the SEOs that we are that we accept as SEOs like synthol and hyaluronic acid and things because those compounds if they're strictly deemed SEO, they don't have any anabolic properties. There's no growth there. There's no potential for growth other than the argument of stretching fascia. And I mean, let's all be honest. If it stretches fascia, great, but they ain't a motherfucker out there doing that to stretch fascia and provide the atmosphere for growth so that they can grow more. They're doing it typically 99% of the time for the immediate effect and the immediate impact of more roundness and more fullness so that that muscle group stands out. I can't argue against the fact that that is very feasible that that could happen. I used SEO in the early 2000s, only in my shoulders, and I thought it worked great. It was, I went what I thought was the safer route and still consider it to be the safer route. It was a thinner oil. It was, um, a company that everyone you know knows about and i thought it was great but it, it would stay there while you were using it but it would dissipate very very quickly it wasn't silicone based like the old synthrol and things like that i think there's a lot of uh, like you said andrew there's a lot of danger in it so look if as an example let's just say someone was doing and i'll use an arbitrary number 20 25 mil a week of of 100 milligram you know, um, NPP, trends, uh, testosterone, things like that. If you use shorter esters, your volume of oil is going to have to go up, your volume of your injections. So if you have to and you put them all in the same place, let's say they're in the delts, you put them in, you know, the, a little bit in the front delt, you put, you have three points on your side delt, the front of the side delt, the side of the side delt, and the rear of the side delt, and then you go into the rear delt too. 20, 25 mil of cottonseed oil not MCT oil, because that's probably going to be a little thinner, but cottonseed, something heavier, something thicker, more viscous, is going to round the shit out of your... I know, because my shoulders suck. And when I put stuff in them, they look really fucking good com comparatively. Uh, so that's sight enhancement, because I specifically am putting it there for that reason. So that is another SEO component. Okay. I don't have any I don't have any experience with hyaluronic acid. In fact, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent and say that I didn't even know the shit was injected into your muscles until about 3 weeks ago. I'm getting ready to get it for my knee, but here this is why this is important though too and I'll I'll make this point. I'm going in to get it into my in my knee and it was the first time I had heard about it. I couldn't even, couldn't even say the word correctly. I kept tripping over it every time I'd say it. 
and it's very expensive. The one injection is almost $1,500. So it brings me to the cost effectiveness. Now, I know that there are people out there because this is a bodybuilding industry and they're going to find a way to ferment shit and get to hyaluronic acid. My problem is, is I don't know. I would have to go through a very serious vetting process to trust the son of a bitch that <laughs> they grew it. If you're going to put testosterone sipping together in your bathtub, that's completely different. If you're going to put together hyaluronic acid, I'm going to want to see your credentials for that one because it's so fucking expensive. There must be a connection out there that I am unaware of because it would be absurdly expensive to do that. It's expensive because um, it's patented for particular uses, like for women to get injections in their face, like a little right. bottle that big is like 600 bucks Yeah. Um, for your knee injection, the $1,500. It's because these companies get these patent on this use. Hyaluronic acid is actually pretty easy to make, and it's a pretty simple compound. I mean, I'm not a genius in chemistry or anything, but I have looked into it. It's been around forever. It's not something that's like some novel, new, super expensive, you know, ridiculous thing, hard thing to make. Um, I mean, I could make it at home, but with the right machinery, any one of us could figure out how to do it. Gotcha. Um, so I think the cost associated with that is it's a novel um, modality for what you're getting done. And so they can charge you for it because you're gotcha. willing to try anything right now to get some relief, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I I've mean, heard good said, things about it too. I've heard really good things about it for things like specifically knee joint issues. Yes, absolutely. I want to mm -hmm. hear what Andrew has to say about it because I, I have my own experience and it really wasn't that good. In fact, it was kind of a, I, I got put in a position that I wasn't really comfortable with. We, I was managing another uh, podcast organization uh, that I, I used to be involved with. Skip was also involved with them at one point. And uh, we were uh, offered a sponsorship by this company. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, you know, try our stuff. He sent out uh, a bunch of it, a bunch of bottles. And uh, I tried it and I, I got nothing. Uh, now, I had used uh, painless pumps one time before. That was the, the first time I had experimented with SEO. And I specifically had put it in my biceps. I, I used what was considered to be a pretty low dose protocol. And I did that for like eight weeks going into a contest. I do think I felt... Uh, and saw more fullness than I would have had otherwise. I do think that it did help. For me, biceps were never, they've never been a great body part. I don't have like the really cool shape. And I do feel like I, I did get more fullness in them and they looked fuller, even, like regardless of how flat I got, you know, that it did maintain that. Um, going to the hyaluronic acid and trying that, I didn't have the same experience using the protocol that was directed on the bottle and talking to the guy who, who owned the company. And then I doubled up on that. I still didn't get a good effect. And then I tripled up on that. And then I went to every every other day or every day. I still I didn't get a good response from it. I had uh, I had like I said a good little supply of this stuff. So I gave it to a guy that I worked out with. I gave it to a pro that I knew who was experienced with SEO. And none of us had a good experience. And stupid me, I took the stuff telling the guy, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to, to try it out and we'll talk about it on the podcast. And so now I have a dozen people every day that are messaging me and being like, what do you think of this stuff? And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to talk about this. And yeah. I really didn't want to. But that was my honest experience. So I'm really interested to hear, you know, what what you had done, what worked for you. And maybe it was just the product that I particularly used. I don't know. Did, it, did the product company begin with an M? Should I say yes? 
Yes. I, I mean, there's there's several of them out there, but yeah, 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 um, yeah it did. All right. So protocol wise, and I've done two different uh, hyaluronic acid products uh, from two different companies, and it mine started. I, I was actually very kind of against SEO my whole career. Um, in, a, in a way, I kind of looked at it as, initially I looked at it as like, hey, you're putting on fake muscle or you're cheating, which is really funny because <laughs> everything else we do in this sport. But then I changed my mindset um, after I tore my bicep partially. Mm. And it was, well, you're not willing to do everything it takes to make your physique look as good as possible. Mm. So using that mindset when you also use that mindset to train harder or follow your diet to a T or use PED or whatever it is that, that's going to take you to the next level or to, to, to further your, your progress. Um, I changed my mindset on that. And oddly enough, so when I partially tore my bicep on my left side, it, it actually made it look better. It, you know, kind of like, I think Cutler had the same thing where it increased the peak. So I started using SEO on my right side because I actually wanted to increase the peak on that side. And then, you know, like anything in the sport, you kind of do get a little bit addicted to it because you do see some growth. You're like, oh, maybe I'll do my left side, too, and I'll add a little bit more and I'll add a little bit more. And and like you did say, Scott, like I, the results are absolutely not permanent. Um, mm. You know, I think they're there for the while you're using it. And then when you pull it, they're gone within three or four weeks or so uh, in terms of protocol. I'm always someone that starts very low with stuff. So, you know. I think my protocol was like one CC in each head for the first two weeks. And then I jumped it up to 1.5 CCs in each head for a week and then two CCs. And I kept doing that every uh, adding a half CC every week until I capped out at three. To me, I just, I won't put anything more than three CCs in any muscle head. Uh, it, it just at doesn't feel good in my opinion yeah. at, at a time. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was twice a week. I would do that okay. and I would, I would set it up so that I would do it on a back or an arm day so that I was going to get some blood flow to the arms. Yeah. Um, and I would do it usually about an hour, two hours before hitting the gym. And I do think that it did, it dissipated the pain a little bit that you, you know, some of the pressure you get from it. Yeah. Um, and I do think it actually helped move it around properly and, and disperse it through the tissue better. Um, but you know, I'm also kind of lazy when it comes to stuff like that. So I might start a protocol for like six or seven weeks and with the intentions of doing 12 or 15 and then I miss one <laughs> and then I'm like, screw it. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of, every time I've started it, that's kind of where I've ended up of like, uh, I can do it for like seven or eight weeks and then, and then I'm done. Um, but you know, and getting back to like why someone wanted to use it or how someone would want to use it maybe effectively, getting back to that example of like, you know, you're 90% there in terms of a complete physique and you just have a weakness that even the judges have maybe pointed out to you like, Hey man, you just bring that rear, those rear delts up to match the front or, mm -hmm. you know, you get a set of, you get a set of triceps on you so that they hang in your front double bicep, like you're going to the next level. I could totally understand why someone would want to use it. And I would, you know, if you've tried every modality, training-wise, you know, drug-wise, everything else, you've done everything else, I do think it, it, you know, behooves yourself not to think about it and to try it. Um, but again, I also have no experience with the oil-based SEOs, um, so I can only talk about the HA. I think it's worth it for some people to try. Um, I will definitely do it again. Um, I'm just not actively. Yeah, I, I think that you make a really good point, too about the the morality of it you know that, that that and i think things can get crossed too there's people out there that you know we put up the picture of that that synth oiled up guy 
there's people out there that think that that's what extreme bodybuilding looks like. You know, we but we look at that guy and we laugh. You know, I think that there's people out there that that will become very judgmental of a competitive bodybuilder saying that they use it. Yeah, but are you kidding me? They're already judgmental. <laughs> Hold on. Let me tell you here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of this. I say there's no fucking rules. There's no rules unless they're stated. In an open bodybuilding, there's no goddamn rules. Anybody who says you're cheating, that's a morality issue with them personally. The other, the other thing is they're not going to know your ass is cheating if you're good at it. Yeah. So if they, you know, and again, I said they won't know you're cheating. So I don't want anybody to assume that I think it's cheating because I don't. I think yeah. there's no fucking rules there. If there are rules, they'll be stated and there's not. If someone was using them in a natural show where the rules clearly state you can't use them, if they're using it in professional athletes, you know, athletes or a professional sports organization, that's completely different. There's rules. There's no rules. That's why we do what we do most of the time. So the other thing, when it comes to judgment, shit, bodybuilders are judging different divisions they're judging classic they're judging physique they're judging bikini i'm like as a bikini guy he wears a he's got his hair pulled back in a bun i mean we judge everything so it's going to be honestly what i think it's just your fucking look you go after the look because you're an individual and you make your own decisions live or die health consequences not health care whatever people jump out of airplanes i don't sit there and tell them not to fuck out and jump out of airplanes because you can die don't live in a high-rise because it could crush you it could fall someday people do the shit they do and they should be left alone for it andrew do the shit you want to do i'm going to do the shit i want to do and scott you should do the shit you want to do and everybody listening do the shit you want to <laughs> do but if it goes to an extreme and you look like the clown that was posted up here just expect that you're going to be judged for it. I don't notice. This is just me. I don't notice blatant, horrible abuse of SEO right now in anything. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. You guys may be able to come up with examples because I will admit that of the three of us, I follow the pros less than you guys do. I'm not invested and I don't pay attention unless I'm working with them or they're working against or competing against somebody who I'm working with. I did have a friend tell me after his uh, his guy won the heavyweight class at a national show and, and received his pro card right after the head judge uh, went up to him, uh, his coach, who, who was telling me this and said, hey, tell you guys to stop juicing up the arms. Like, hmm. it's obvious. Like, yeah. he doesn't need any more. So yeah. the judges can, you know, from that, 12 feet dumb. away. They can kind of sure. see stuff if it is abused. But here's a question. Who does who has the best uh, uh who does the best job with SEO use? The guy you can't we'll never tell. know, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I was just gonna say I, it's funny you say because I was gonna say if Flex Wheeler used it, god damn was he yeah. good at it. Well, <laughs> there wasn't a story that he actually had someone doing like half CC injections in every muscle group in his back and his traps and, and did everything for I think the ninety eight Olympia. Uh, or at least those were the stories or the rumors that I used to hear and read about. And I'm looking yeah. at his back and I'm like, I don't see any lumps I anywhere. See I, mean, yeah. I, I, I see good lumps and I see crevices yeah. and conditioning and, and probably the best mm -hmm. back I've ever seen. But yeah. yeah, I don't see any any uh, evidence of, you know, abuse of that kind of stuff in any way. And, and yeah, if right. we're just talking about site enhancement, I know the guys back then were using like Essaclean mm -hmm. and there's, you know, there, there's some Nolitol that's a newer, Nolitol. I think. Nolitol is something that yeah. people are using more nowadays. I've never had any experience with Nolitol. I know Dave Crossland, we talked about that on an episode, and he's he's had experience with it. Um, and I think, I think one thing, you know, because I know we do have a bunch of questions that we'll have to keep moving, but I do want to say for anybody who is newer to bodybuilding and who is watching this, you know, yeah, you do have the right to do whatever you want to do. 
But at the same time, uh, I, I do want to say that I do think that the SEO can be dangerous. I do oh, think no that site injections themselves, you know, can be more dangerous. You know, that if you're injecting a large volume of oil or any other substance, substance, especially into like a small muscle group, that the risk of having something negative happen is going to be a lot greater than if you just stick with that, you know, whatever you were doing, that that one cc in the glute, you know, two times a week that that, you know, injections in the sites are going to be an issue. Uh, there's also, I think, higher potential for a water based because I've heard of there being water based type products out there that people have used. That could be an issue. Um, That's what the H.A. is. Yeah, there's some. That's what they. Yeah, and and I wonder too about sterility. That that if something is water based, uh, there could be potential for more bacteria to grow than in oil based. So, sure. you know, I, let me add one, one thing. Actually, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say you guys might find it interesting, but I've been reading and talking to some other coaches that have their female athletes um, in wellness and even bikini using it in the glutes. Really? No kidding. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised uh, by that. A lot, of, a lot of them coming from Brazil um, are mm -hmm. big on that stuff. Mm -hmm. I could see yeah, that. and it's also more of the yeah, – I mean, there's other compounds out there too, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that could arguably obvi – I, I, and this is my opinion. I'm not backing this on any pure doctor-related thing or anything else, but the more viscous the solution, I think the more dangerous that it, that it can be because if it ends up you know, getting into your vascular system directly, you're in a world of shit. And if you've ever had a bad shot go wrong with mm. a regular oil and it feels like sulfuric acid going up your arm or going into your chest, to your lungs, it is a horribly, horribly painful situation. I can't imagine if it were something far more viscous. But I wanted to point this one thing out to and see what you guys thought real quick. I do think there's a big difference between something like hyaluronic acid and an oil SEO for volumization versus something like Essiclene that is more based on inflammation because yeah. the and, and making it inflamed so that it's bigger and larger. Obviously, that's volumizing too. Um, but there isn't that type of inflammation with the current SEOs or these newer SEOs. So I think that the Essiclene and things like that are far more dangerous hmm. because your body gets that inflammatory response. And I mean, you're talking about C-reactive proteins, potential issues there that can impact your heart and the rest of your system just for you trying to enhance that one area. Now, I'm not saying that the newer ones are safe. What I'm saying is if I had to choose between the two, I would damn sure go with a more modern approach than the old school inflammatory um, response or the, the ones that cause the most inflammation. Yeah. All right. I think we should move. also point out that the Esclin and the Nautils are more like right before show type products, whereas exactly. the other yeah. the SEO stuff we're talking about the months leading up to a show or in an off season, the right. same way you would run a cycle. But. Which makes them more unpredictable as well as far as how they're gonna respond yeah. or how you're gonna respond to it. All right. Yeah. We got one here, nutrition based. He says, um, I'd love to hear the sodium question answer from the last week's show. Whoops, I didn't I forgot about this one. Uh, <laughs> How sodium plays a role in everyday training and performance. And then he also says pre-contest slash going on stage. 
I'll tell you why I'll go first because I'll be brief because he's a client of mine. He's pretty cool. In fact, if we're talking about someone sitting on the couch being a part of, he could have been had we been recording that weekend, but he visited on an off weekend. Uh, here's how I look at sodium and I'm going to put it in like this small little capsule in a cliff notes version, a skip notes version. Uh, sodium keeps you full of shit. Sodium helps with contractile force. The muscle will contract harder, harder uh, if you have an ample supply of sodium or a regular supply of sodium. If you're depleted in sodium, it is the fastest way to go flat. It is the fastest way to lose contractile force. Your muscles, when you even when you contract them, are just going to feel like the, you know, you're not going to get much of a pump, that sort of thing. So if you have enough, and I'll end it with this, if you have enough water, your intake is high enough you sh- of fluid, water, you should not be holding water sub Q. It will push out the excess sodium that the body doesn't need. You're just basically going to piss it out, flush it out. Those are kind of the, like I said, the, the skip note version. So I hand it over to Andrew from there. I've got very little to add other than look at the extremes. <laughs> if you are taking in zero sodium, you're not even getting glucose into the cell. You're getting zero contraction. You're getting zero mm-hmm. nerve activity. It's that it's, it's important about a million different reactions in the body. If you're taking in too much sodium, you'll know because you'll be holding water like a, you know what? So, you know, for most people, what they're taking in is usually fine. Uh, but if they want a quick ergogenic aid, the cheapest ergogenic aid they can add to their training is, you know, take a fourth of a teaspoon of, uh, you know, Himalayan pink salt, before, you know, 30 minutes before you go to the gym. And you're mm-hmm. going to get an enhanced pump. You're going to get better contractions. Um, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. I have a client. And, uh, go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Oh, I'm thinking of one a, thing. I have a client that uh, took you up on one of your ideas, Andrew, and that was, it, it, I, I think you said, like, with the with the salt shaker, twist it five times. And then if you want to change it, he was like, so, hey, I'm going to try that. So he's at this point, I think he's doing like five twists on the salt shaker. I do think that that sodium is important. I did want to add that just for like he said, also for every day. You know, I think that if, if one of my clients comes to me and says, hey, I don't feel like I'm getting as good of a pump. Then my first question is, how's your hydration? And then my second question is, is how's your sodium intake? You know, I, I always have like this this like this spiel that I add to the beginning. Like every time I make a diet, I have this copy and paste spiel that I add to it at the end. And I say, this is like the general write up. And I talk in great lengths about sodium, but sometimes they don't read it. And then week three or whatever, they're like, you know, oh, I haven't been using any salt. Yeah. There's your answer. Yeah. If you're not getting a pump, try adding some sea salt to your food, especially your yeah. pre-workout meal. I'm sorry. What are you going to say, Skip? I'm going to add two things to my my Skip Notes version. Uh, I like that, never, never load Everything's about branding, right? <laughs> never load carbohydrates without ample sodium because, and Andrew made it, and that's what reminded me of that. Uh, it's just not an, anywhere near as efficient of a process. So if you're right before a show and you're trying to load and you're loading with, you know, plain baked, I don't know, whatever, plain baked potatoes, some shit like that, whatever. And you don't have enough sodium and you're not going to be filling out very quickly, if at all. Uh, the other thing was if your water intake is high, that will decrease your blood sodium levels as well, because fluid intake and urination just pushes your electrolytes out. So a lot of people, if they just change their fluid intake and they take it up real high, that can lower those, those amounts too. And you're going to need more. It's all, it's along the same lines of sweating, whether you're sweating, peeing, even respiration. That's why dogs, what is that? Dogs pant 
instead of sweat. Yeah. You lose more, um, you know, you lose fluid through respiration too. I think we're, uh, I guess you could be called a mouth breather. Maybe it's not as bad, too. but when training and things like that, you're not only losing it sweating, but you're losing it with respiration as well. So I think a lot of people, I, Andrew is correct. And I agree with him that as long as you have ample sodium, you're good. But I think that there are still some people who can increase their sodium intake and probably benefit from it visually with a little bit more pump, better, or a little bit more fullness, better pump, uh, better muscular contractions, that sort of thing. You just have to make sure, again, that you're not holding it. Uh, I remember a time in 06, I went, I would push up 1,000 milligrams every two weeks and I got to 7,500 and the fucking pumps were insane. I would walk around all day like I was in the gym, in the gym, you know, working out. And then as soon as I would turn my neck to the side, I'd start pouring down sweat and sweat <laughs> through my. So and I was taking massive amounts of, you know, enough water that I thought I was flushing. But there comes a point of no return. So I had to back off. and I went down to four. Steve Kukolo is one who I don't know if he does it anymore, but he was always he always made sure that his sodium levels were pretty high too if i remember correctly it was in the five to six thousand range yeah. uh, as well routinely um so there's that how about this I got one? one more thing to add to that before yeah. we go um because he also asked about general health or something like that or general um Gen general day-to-day -day training so if you were bought if you are suffering from like really low energy etc like like adrenal fatigue uh you're probably deficient in salt and, you know, just mm. in terms of general well-being, like that, the you know, quickest way to get out of that is to increase your salt for a few days and see. It's not the only thing that will help, but it, it, it's, right. it is one modality that will help you in a short fix if that's the only thing you have available. Matt Marshall throws in a, a tack on question here. If And he's the one who's doing the, 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 the we'll call it the Andrew method, the Barry method. Uh, if If only using sea salt or pink salt, uh, do you supplement with iodine? That's I use a good a question. Himalayan we might differ salt. on this. Ahead, I Andrew. use one that has iodine, iodine added to it. Um, so it, it's a Himalayan salt that they throw some iodine in. Oh, no kidding. Now, do you do that on purpose or do you use it and it just happens to have iodine in it? Both. <laughs> no, okay, um, fair, fair enough. I'm not trying to okay, pin so, you down. Well, I just didn't know. Well, no. So the reason why I think he's asking about the iodine is, is for thyroid health, right? Mm -hmm. we, uh, we know if you're deficient in iodine, you're not going to be making T4 and T3 from the thyroid properly. Uh, so in some people that are not getting other sources of iodine, they absolutely need to support themselves with iodine supplementation. That's why most of the table salt you see out there is fortified with, with iodine. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I use a product that it's a Himalayan pink salt that has iodine added in um, just to cover my bases for thyroid. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. My how I was going to approach this was I there is a part of me that thinks that the iodized salt is such an antiquated, unneeded thing that the salt industry has hung on to because at a point it was needed. And I think that the even just the average American diet is it, I think you'd be hard pressed to find people who were deficient in iodine. I, it almost kind of reminds me of the carnitine thing. It's like, oh, yeah, carnitine works really well if you have a deficiency, but who has a deficiency in, in carnitine? I, you know, things like that. Now, it's certainly not a bad thing to have in there, but I just question whether it's as needed as people give or as important as people give the attention to. I don't know that if he didn't use it, he would need it. We got another but not a bad thing to have in there. We got another I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tanya uh, says, I switched to using low salt several months ago 
after hearing uh, Dr. Dean St. Mart uh, talk about it on a podcast. Since I have high sodium intake and wanted to make an effort to bring my potassium up alongside of that. So it really wasn't a, a question, but I can ask a question out of it. Do you guys look at other things like like do you do you consider electrolytes and minerals and stuff beyond just looking at your your sea salt intake with your clients? I don't make it a a top priority and bringing this question up. Yeah, maybe I should. Now I do ask questions about the environment that they work in mm. and that they spend the most time in based on water and taking everything else. If I see things or I get feedback from them that there's uh, potential, I will go to the electrolytes quickly to see, to make sure that they're, you know, that they're balanced or that they're in a good, you know, magnesium is a good one that if you're having, and I'm sure we've all had this, but you have magnesium is like the natural, muscle relaxer in a sense. So you'll see your quad twitching sometimes and you're like, or your tricep, your outer head of your tricep will be yes. twitching. You're like, what the fuck? It's jumping. Magnesium typically will wipe that out in like 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, it'll, it'll kind of bring you down where calcium intake kind of can bring it up too. So there is a balance there. And, and I'm going to admit that it's such a, it's, it's like any other, you know, hormone balance ratio thing. It's once one gets out of whack, mm. it's difficult to narrow down. You know, people say, oh, you're having cramps. Eat a banana. Well, that's, you know, that's pretty general there because it, it could be one of, you know, one of many things. So the banana could make uh, it worse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you never know. Right? I, mean, I mean, look, there are people who will end up in the hospital after shows with, you know, hypo, they're hypokalemic. And that's incredibly fucking dangerous, just like hyponatremia is where you have ridiculously low blood sodium levels to the point where and I'll tell this story real quick. There was a radio show. It was in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, yes. where they did that contest with the roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the lady ended up with a really bad headache, which is a one of the first warning signs of hyponatremia. You had to drink and drink and drink and not pee. The last one standing there to not have to have pissed won this PlayStation. Well, she won the PlayStation, but she died because she had her brain hemorrhaged from dangerous or ridiculously low um so blood sodium levels and it the high in the the massive increase of water the water intake flushed her and flushed the sodium out so if you are doing a prep or whatever else in your there's two signs for hyponatremia and i got to say this because even though this wasn't the topic because they're very very important if you start to get really bad headaches and you're taking in a lot of water and you still feel thirsty like the more water you take in the more thirsty you get yeah, you're you're headed there. You're heading in the direction. So you need to realize it because it can it can fucking kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing about that story. You know, I, I used to always rely on just sodium, you know, now that Tanya brings this up and uh, I've, I've kind of shifted my ideas. Victoria uh, kind of influenced me on this one because my thought was like, I don't want to buy another supplement. I don't need to spend money on electrolytes. I just, I'll right. add sea salt to it and that's plenty, you know, that's fine. But I found a difference. Um, I'm using this blend called, it's a, a brand called Ultima and you can get it, you know, anywhere you can get it on Amazon. It's not expensive. You get like an, I think like a, it's not cheap either. Like a 90 serving bottle is like 40 bucks or something. But regardless, um, I remember back in my days of doing a manual labor job, working, sweating all day long, coming into the shop, you know, coming into the gym 
after all that and then trying to train legs and just feeling wiped out, you know, no matter how much water I ate, I drank. And um, I realized later, you know, it was my hydration. It was my electrolytes and that I could have corrected that. And I'll tell you what, now if I feel that way and I use this electrolyte before I train, it's like I'm back. You know, it. Mm-hmm. I can't say that it gives me this is the way I described it. It doesn't give me energy. But it ensures that my endurance is going to be as good as it can be, if that if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a big difference maker. So that's something that I'll especially when it starts getting warmer out or, you know, you can lose minerals just through stress. You know, like mm-hmm. if you have a stressful day that you could require more and just being able to throw that electrolyte drink in there has made a, a difference for me. And for people that I work with, like people that are uh, maybe not even doing something like like. Yeah, especially for a guy who's going to be like a, a, a you know doing lawn care all day, but also for like a nurse who's doing these twelve-hour shifts. You know, they might not be sweating all day, but just through the stress and the physicality of it, it, it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah and one percent loss of dehydration will decrease muscular contraction or or contractile force. One percent. So, it. how about health supplements? Um, we don't have to give five. This is bodybuilding. Yeah. Jesus we don't have to give Fire. five, but the top five health supplements for guys and girls on gear. How about we all throw out one? A couple. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, vitamin K and curcumin. That's two off the That's top cute. of my head. I'm sure there's there's better ones. All right. I got one. Uh, it's a. Is it okay if it combines like seven different things? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. Well, that's an easy way to answer it. Go yeah, for that's it. Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a product called Morpha Prime made by uh, Morphogen Nutrition, and, and it's got citrus bergamot, it's got ALA, it's got um, ubiquinol, it's got um, like six other things. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Curcumin. What's it called again? This is Ben's. This is Ben's company. What's the What's name of this? Uh, uh, Morpha Prime. I'll try it's it. I did not. I was not aware today. of this. Six caps a day. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a great product. And actually, I can say from experience that it does help your blood work. I like that. I was unaware of that. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's. I consider him to be a person of integrity. I've known him for a very long time. Uh, I obviously would never steer anybody away from True Nutrition because I have a sponsorship of True Nutrition because I feel that they're great. But if uh, Ben has products and especially a product like this that true nutrition may not have. Yeah. Uh, I'm all over it. I'd be happy to pay for that product. I'm going to go. Wouldn't you agree that when we talk about supplements, there's like maybe five companies out there that you would trust. Like you're associated with true nutrition, but there's like four or five companies because you know, the owners, you know, their integrity. Like I could think of four or five people off the, you know, but that's about it. Like, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, but that's a big part of it. It's the trust. It's trusting in a in a uh, industry that is not regulated. I was going to say well regulated. It's pretty much not regulated. So, yeah, the trust factor in the integrity. It's uh, it's huge. And I just want to point out, too, and I know that there will be some people who will roll their eyes if they don't know, you know, me or they don't know the industry very well or you got whatever um, or they're new to it. 
but I would not associate myself with True Nutrition or say something about Ben's product if they were paying me, because I wouldn't take money from a shitty company that would put my name, my reputation, my, I guess my um, integrity on the line. I just wouldn't do that. So I'm with True Nutrition because they're good. If they weren't good, I wouldn't right. be with them. Right. It's not because of any, you know, they're kicking me back all these thousands of dollars and I'm getting rich on residual income and that sort of thing. That's not the case. Yeah, I say the same thing because I had them written up in that that little that little thing I told you guys about my general guidelines when I break down like what kind of protein powder to use. I've always suggested before, you know, they they even sponsored our programming. Mm -hmm. I always spent, you know, suggested them and I used them even before I coached too. For yeah. my supplements, I'm going to use Matt's top 5. Matt's I like that trend, top 5. Trend, trend, trend and trend. <laughs> <laughs> are there five different esters or are we going to have to just be <laughs> you can combine there's, them in different ways there's close exactly yeah. but nonetheless very good point i'll go with um <laughs> uh, number one i'll say vitamin d and uh mm -hmm, you know we'll, we'll go with d with k you know that that i found um i experienced this so so you can get vitamin d depletion through steroid use and at the end of a very, very long prep where I competed all through the summer and then through the fall, and then I finally stepped off stage the last time in November, I started dieting for that, that, that season in February. So it was a February through November prep, and I was like nodding out. I was having a hard time even doing podcasts with you guys. Like I was like falling asleep all the well, time. Well, we're not very exciting. So, I mean, I'm sure there's listeners that nod well, off too, but go ahead. There's, there's that. But uh you know, I thought, man, my thyroid must be messed up and, you know, a bunch of other stuff and I could never figure it out. And then I started taking vitamin D. I thought maybe it was it was vitamin D. And instantly, like the first day I was like, I'm back. I felt bad. Nice. So and, and of course, uh, you know, D, we've talked so much like like media. Everything has talked about the importance of D this year for immune health. But there's so much that goes into it for like energy, metabolism, all that stuff. Uh, that we we all need it exactly, yeah. And and you know, as especially as steroid users, I think we need it. And then the other one I'll throw in is um, high quality collagen. You know, and, and I'll say use use Skip's suggestions and use Andrew's suggestions. I'm adding to this a really high quality collagen, and it has to be like 30 grams a day. So there's so many companies nowadays that are like you know on the bandwagon with like, oh, collagen will improve your skin and it's, you know, all these things. And then they give you this little tiny, this little rip open tube, a little package that has like four grams of collagen in it. Well, you need to add like 26 grams more to that. Uh, and then you can, you can actually get a good serving of it. But when I had torn uh, my super spinatus, uh, I, I had made a, a, a mention on a post that like, hey, I know I got to beef up on my, my health supplements, my, my joint supplements. And it was Dante who reached out to me and was like, hey, listen, uh, you know, the glucosamine chondroid and all that stuff, that's not going to actually rebuild the connective tissue. He said there's there's only a couple things that will. And uh, collagen is one of them. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, once again, shout out our sponsor, True Nutrition. I use the hydrolyzed beef collagen and I use 30 grams a day. I'll take a scoop of that in the morning if I'm not training. And if I do train, I'll use it as part of my pre-workout because from what I understand, um, Chris Stuffin was telling me, and I haven't done any research for myself, but he said that uh, it, it's best utilized uh, post-workout. 
Uh, and I was intuitively taking it pre-workout. I mean, it is 30 grams of protein. Uh, and, and that when post-workout, you'll be most likely to utilize it. So I figure if I drink it pre, it's available probably post. So, Well, your sense in general is going to be up post-training, so it does make sense. Your what is? Yeah. Your, your, your muscle protein synthesis oh, is going to be yeah, highest. Yeah. It's going to be following a workout. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We going to say something, Skip? Uh, I was just going to make an off-the-cuff lame joke about my wife getting d last night forget it just go it's <laughs> it's not only not needed but it's probably good that he interrupted <laughs> where i tried to interrupt andrew one or the other. Right. <laughs> i should make note too uh, uh i'd be interested to hear anybody who is watching now on youtube uh what are the health supplements that you think are super important that you take because uh i think that we could generate some good conversation out of that and i think that people could learn out of that too because we're keeping this so short I mean, we could probably make a whole show about these health supplements. So, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, shop down below, guys. You guys can uh, help each other. You know, we can give you a little bit of insight, but you guys can help each other more. Hmm. I'd be interested if people had maybe some research or some supplements that maybe aren't the typical you know, hmm. bodybuilding fair that we normally do, that maybe there's a use for something that we've never thought of. Um, yeah. I can throw one out now if you want to sit on it. I just found something out last night from a client who's pre-med, but I Who didn't want to drag out? it out any far. Uh, he brought up that because um, he's very much into research as well. He's uh, pre-med and very intelligent guy. Sometimes he listens to the show. He brought up um, bovine colostrum and he brought it up in the context that there's a an Olympic weightlifting coach. I don't want to get this wrong. We just he just told me about this last night and he started his clients, uh, his athletes using this about three weeks before uh, competition and a few weeks post competition, if I'm not mistaken. And because upper respiratory issues are a problem with bodybuilders and things like that, when you push yourself to the, and your immune system goes in the toilet, yeah. it, typically it goes in the toilet before the show, but then just like any other stress response, you don't typically get sick or have issues until the stress starts to dissipate. And then it, it comes out like your body says, okay, now I'm done dealing with the stress. Now you're fucking sick and you can pay the, pay the consequences. And since doing that, he doesn't have any of his athletes anymore with any upper respiratory issues. Huh. Uh, so I told him because he asked me if I had heard about it and I said, no. So I'm going to look into it more, but because I just heard about it last night when he checked in, I haven't had a chance to look into it yet. Um, but this guy's, you know, he, he's, he's on the Scott Stevenson, you know, type, um, line there with studies and yeah. And stuff like that. So a very intelligent guy. So I, want to take a look at it and see so if anybody else has heard anything about that feel free to chime in uh but that to me struck me because when i first read bovine colostrum i, I did i kind of went oh god whatever you know it's a it's kind of an eye roll but because it was him who said it i paid yeah. attention and thought well shit you know what what what's this huh all right yeah. um how about uh high resting heart rate what's the best type of cardio to to fix that and bring it down I'm not a good one for this. I'm a bodybuilding condition. It's kind of a side effect type thing. I mean, is one going to be better? Have you guys seen any results with one being better over the other, like high intensity versus steady state or anything? I don't know that I have because I don't, I don't know that I've really paid attention to that. I'm going to go a different direction with it, but okay. I, don't think, I, I don't think it's doing cardio in general. I would say the yeah. more condition, yeah. yeah, but I would say to me, and this is just a guess, okay? But the more conditioned I am, 
the more athletic like I can do I can do like slow steady state cardio all day and my level of conditioning doing that like athletic conditioning doesn't feel as good as if I were like regularly pulling a sled for instance so I'm guessing this is not like science and I'm not even like trying to say that this is right but I feel like I'm intuitively feeling like higher would be good I don't know does that does that make sense I can't disagree with that. I mean, I want to guess that, you know, your oxygen uptake and your VO2 max is going to play into that as well. But again, it's speculation on my part because I just don't have any any solid evidence to that. Hmm. But yeah, Amy, I was going to go a little bit of a different direction on that, actually. So if it's a, is it a chronically high heart rate that he's talking about? Because to me, that tells me he's stuck in fight or flight and hmm. that the very best thing to do would be to deload. Um, and you know, if he's doing, let's say he's doing five days of training a week and he's doing four 45 minute cardio sessions, because he's really trying to get lean. What I would actually have him do is pull his training back to three days a week at 70%, two to three reps in the tank, hour long workouts tops. I'd pull all his cardio down to just, um, like three or four 30 minute, uh, daily walks outside heart rate around a hundred. The idea here, and, and I jack up all the adaptogens. Can um, ashwagandha, mushrooms, etc. The idea is that if he's stuck in fight or flight, you've got to get the parasympathetic nervous system to activate and be on par with the sympathetic. And and, and when you're stuck in fight or flight, you're you're stuck in sympathetic nervous uh, uh, in, in nervous system mode. So I think it, it just depends on if, if if you're just saying, hey, I want to lower my resting heart rate, then what we were talking about before. But if he's like chronically, like man, my heart rate is like always high. Uh, um, or if it's like chronically, like way too low, that can also be a sign, um, of adrenal fatigue. So just kind of looking at it at a slightly different angle. Yeah. That's a good I direction. Like I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Andrew threw in, he says, uh, Glaxon makes a product with the bovine, uh, but it needs to, it needs a specific pathway for digestion in humans. They attached it to a peptide. Don't recall which peptide strain that is, but maybe mm. that's something for all of us to, to consider. Yeah, to look into, into absolutely. Yeah. Um, ooh, we it's got a, a very fun- vulnerable time after a show. We got very. a fun question. I mean, you can get sick. This Good, is a fun I like one. Fun. Okay, here we go. Uh, a fun question. Did any of you guys ever have a gym crush? <laughs> that's good. Did you ever actually talk to them? Did you train harder when they were in the gym? That's a good one. Well, I'm yeah. Everybody's waiting. They're like, I don't know. Look, I've been I've been married for like I've been married for thirty years. So, but I will say this: (laughs) there is one. There was one girl who was at Armbrus Pro back around 2010. I say that because maybe 11, 12. Anyway, in there somewhere, and she looked a lot like my wife to the point where (laughs) check this out to the point where one of the regulars in there, Aaron Ray, he came up to me, Taylor Ray's husband. uh, I'm sorry, ex-husband came up to me and said, Oh my God, your wife is looking great. And I'm like, my wife is at home. And he's like, well, but, and I'm like, you know, I thought she looked like my wife too, but that's a younger version of my wife. She's probably 15 years younger than, than my wife. But it did strike me because she was cute because she looked like my wife and she was in great shape and someone else actually thought without seeing, probably didn't see her maybe up close or whatever, but thought that it was. And I remember every time I saw her, 
I would kind of trip over my, you know, I would walk down and not look at her because I have this old man complex in the gym and I won't go on, on and on about it, but I don't want to talk to any woman younger than me because I don't want them. I have this fear of them thinking, oh my God, he thinks I'm hotter. Oh my God, he's hitting on me. I never want to be perceived as that old creepy guy to the point where I just, I won't eye contact so i'll like look down or look around or i look at my phone or something stupid like i'm going out of my way not to acknowledge them so i was tripping over you know my words i wasn't as old then but i was still 40 and she was younger i'm guessing she was probably in her late 20s yeah. so i i would kind of trip over things and every now and then when she would talk to me i'd be you know looking all over the place being un, you know feeling uncomfortable i know it was a dead giveaway but i think that's as close as i've ever gotten my wife is cool and you know i got four kids and it's not that i haven't seen you know i don't see people People go, oh my gosh, she's really pretty, or oh my god, she's really funny. But it's never really. It, I've never had any issue where it's actually been technically labeled as a crush. No. <laughs> and I would say that if she wasn't sitting behind me, too. Just for the record. <laughs> with, with your guns. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Andrew? Oh man, I, I'm like trying to remember anyone specific, but it's like I, I honestly can't. But I know that, like you know, I dated girls from in the gym, you know. Yeah. Pre, you know, together life, you know, with my life mate. But, um, yeah, you know, like I think a couple of them like trained with me over the time. And, you know, um, I wouldn't say I trained harder when they were in the gym because, uh, I do, I always, even as like a high school kid, I always had like the mindset of like the gym is here to train. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you get with your buddies and you go to work. Um, so I, you know, I maybe look out of the corner of my eye, but, it wasn't like I'd go and move over to where she was doing and start doing bicep curls or something <laughs> to try to get attention, you know? Yeah. yeah. You don't look out the corner of your yeah. eye. You look into the mirror. You have to use <laughs> tactics. Three different mirrors. You look into that <laughs> exactly. mirror. To look into yeah, that a mirror corner to look mirror. That exactly. Mirror. Yeah. While, while wearing glasses so they can't see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Glacier yeah. glasses so you don't have the, yeah. I dated myself with that one. Go, Scott. <laughs> I feel like there, there were a few times and I haven't been to the gym for like a while now. So it's hard to even remember training in a gym and what that's actually like with other people. I'm used to it being like me and me and Betsy who just walked out of the, the room. She was done with the <laughs> podcast. Um, I would say that uh, there was a couple times that, you know, I would start talking to some girl and then I would look forward to seeing her there. But instead of training harder, I would say that my workouts actually sucked because I was too distracted to actually pay attention to what I was doing. And the reality is, is that I know that none of them cared about whatever I was lifting that had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that. And I'll give him advice, too. Um, I think that the number one way to screw up your workout is have a gym crush, get into a relationship because let's, I, we could make like a whole topic of like, how do you deal with a breakup when you both go to the same gym? Because that's right. the, that's a whole podcast in its own. Who who mm -hmm. gets to keep the gym? Because I can guarantee you six months down the road, both of you, if it was a serious relationship, both of you are not going to still be there. One of mm -hmm. you has to leave. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> All right. Let's see what else we got. You guys had nothing on that one, I, I see. It's, uh, I'm sure you've seen it unfold. I got, I got a quick one. Okay. So right. not, not about me personally, but I, you know, you guys know, I trained with a lot of younger guys, guys in their young twenties. And, um, 
now the kids today, it's all Snapchat and mm. Instagram DMing. So like, and I get like annoyed when my training partners are just like sitting like this in between sets. You know, it's one thing if you check a quick text or whatever, but if it's every set, it drives me nuts. But one of my buddies that I'm training with, he's got a Snapchat open and he's like, and then he gets like a, a nude picture and then, and then a nude picture from a different girl. And I'm like, Damn. dude, who are these freaking girls? He goes, I know, right over there. He points them out. He goes, that one over there, and it's that one over there. And I'm like, she just walked by. I wouldn't even think you guys have ever met each other or knew each other. You made no eye contact. You didn't say hello to each other, but yet you guys are sending each other these pictures while you're training. Like, damn, it, it's a different world, I think, than maybe what we grew up with. I'm not trying to one up you here. Please understand this, but we have a girl at our gym who is quite hot, who does and makes videos for OnlyFans upstairs in the gym and you can recognize that it's that gym and that one's kind of hard because i train a client who will he'll point out and be like skip skip look 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 what she did upstairs and i'm like god damn so it it is i've even brought him home and show my wife and been like uh check this out she's like isn't that titan i'm like yeah oh shit i said my gym (laughs) you said it a hundred other times didn't mean to do that and yeah i have you're right that's a good we could have but i do go to several different gyms but nonetheless when i said i trained my client yeah that's a dead giveaway i guess uh but the point is she hasn't been busted yet and they're pretty uh pretty in depth yeah it's a different it's a different world (laughs) okay well i'll get back to some serious questions here and then we do have one more kind of like it could be a funny one i don't know kind of off topic kind of thing so you can think about this one and then we'll move on though uh the question that we're going to do later is uh share a crazy client story uh, you or someone you know of has had. I like how he gave us an out there. Someone yeah, you know exactly. of. Yeah. <laughs> but for here's a for real question. Okay, so uh, this guy is 18. Uh, he went to a men's clinic because he had uh, symptoms of low T. He says, turns out I have half the testosterone of most men my age usually have, uh, which would explain my difficulty gaining muscle as well as lower libido. My doctor has prescribed me Clomid and said that it alone will bring my production back to normal. What are your opinions on this? Here's your doctor. And I would listen to your doctor, but it the first thing that comes to mind is could he just be late in puberty at 18? I mean, that's kind of late. I don't know. I think Clomid, I mean, off the top of my head, it doesn't sound like a a bad approach. Um, I see this you with guys, young guys. I see this yeah. with young guys that they the doctors don't want to put them on TRT yet because that's yeah, oh, a yeah. permanent sentence, you know, that you're going to be stuck on it. So they try these routes first. Yeah, I don't see anything inherently wrong. Does anything jump out at you guys? I'm wondering about the rest of his lifestyle. Like, is this kid under a lot of stress? Mm. He's, what, 17, 18 years old? 18 years old? Yeah, 18. Like, did he just go through a crazy breakup? Did he, you know, that, that, like, devastated him? Did he, you know, lose a job? Or did something traumatic happen that has affected Mm -hmm. his hormonal profile? Um, And then secondarily, I think this is something we're seeing a little bit across the board with men in general because of the pollutants in our air, the plastics that we use. Um, I do think that there is an increase of hypogonadism um, or at least like if a guy who used who in his mid thirties used to be like, you know, 850 nanograms, he might be like a 450 guy. Now I don't have a ton of research to support this. I've just kind of looked into it a little bit, but yeah. I do think that the lifestyles that we lead and the 
pollutants and the other things we subject ourselves to has had a, an effect on hypogonadism in men. And maybe that's, you know, a case exasperated this 18 year old kid. Maybe it's social media and he feels guilty having high levels. So he has guilted himself into having low levels of <laughs> testosterone. I don't well, know. Okay, actually, Skip, you bring up a really good point, though, about social media, because yeah. like a lot of my, my clients that really get into the social media, especially the political stuff, they end up getting very, very depressed. And huh. like and I've done this myself where, you know, I, you know, I see things that just drives me nuts. I've cut like most of my scrolling, you know, mm. out of it. You know, whether it's, you know, I look at some bodybuilding stuff. Most of my stuff is just small dog pages now that I really enjoy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if you really, like, pay too much attention and spend too much time on the social media and not live in your, re your, your real life, I think it can increase some depression, which could have an effect on his testosterone levels. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I was, I think I was coming more the angle from it, you, we're almost made to feel guilty that, you know, working out and having high testosterone levels, uh, we shouldn't be so alpha and that men should not be as masculine because it's so toxic to the world and, you know, and that sort of thing. But I agree with you. There are... I think there are stressors there that being older uh, myself, I can admit that I probably don't see because I don't know how many times I've thought you're 18, bruh. If life is kicking you in the teeth now, you got to be fucking kidding me because you're going to be screwed with a family and a career and paying bills in another 10, 15 years. Shout out to uh, Bill. He's one of my clients. He's looking really good, by the way. <laughs> good deal. Um, but I, I guess to get back to the question, I, he should listen to his doctor and try the modality out and, yeah. you know, retest in, in, you know, five, six weeks. And if things aren't changing for him in the positive, then he's always got a next step to take. So yeah. And his girlfriend will love the clomid therapy. <laughs> I've seen it work really good. I honestly, I, I've seen guys, um, I remember one guy, uh, he was like a friend of a friend type thing and he knew that I would have some answers for him and. Uh, he, he told me that his doctor put him on TRT and I was like, okay, great. And then later the friend, the friend who's his friend told me, yeah, he's taking a pill. I was like, that doesn't sound like TRT. And then I found out he was on Clomid, but it was boosting his levels way up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it worked out for at least a period of time. I think it, the reality is, you know, there are people that do have issues that, that, that things just don't operate right. And if he's one of those guys um, it, first of all, kudos for, to him for figuring this out at such a young age. I mm -hmm. feel like most guys don't, there's a lot of guys I know who they're hitting 30 or getting closer to 40 and they're like, you know what? I had never been able to grow muscle and I always had these issues and I never had a high libido. And now I find out my test level sucks. It's like, so congrats to him on that. Um, it may be an uphill battle trying to get the medication he does need if he needs more than this, but I've, like I said, I've seen it work good. Here's the thing, though. He, he can always do it the right way and get it through his doctor. And if, his, if he's got a doctor that's just like, absolutely not, he can self-experiment. I'm not telling him to do this. I'm just saying Where's we're, a community of self yeah, we're a community yeah. of self-experimenters. And, you know, and I'm sure a good coach could, you know, teach him exactly what to do. If he wanted to just stay in a TRT level and replace and get up to a, a normal physiological dose, continue to do blood work and monitor the same way a good, competent doctor would. Yeah. While I find the next question, I will share some Basset Hounds with you guys. Nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's intense right there. Are you intense enough? Yeah. More intense. <laughs> I just wanted to take a moment because I felt like this was uh, possibly important. That's all. 
<laughs> we had a couple questions that were posted uh, earlier in the live feed. A couple of them were about GH. Um, you guys are awesome, by the way. These guys have been commenting up a storm over here, and I don't see where everybody's questions are. But one of them, uh, well, here's here's one. Here's one we can throw up. Um, this is from Farron. He's the owner of OG Foods. They make some uh, cream of rice. They're out of Canada. I guess it's hard to get cream of rice in Canada. Do you guys know that? No. Yeah. So I'll he's, take your word for that. Yeah, his company <laughs> uh, does does cream of rice. Uh, hmm. Is rebound from his first prep a good time to start GH use? I'm actually wondering if Farron is short for Farina. But <laughs> cream, of rice, cream of yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, it was a stretch, but I it was there. Yeah, his, his real name is Far Farina Brown. <laughs> anyway, or do you say Farina? No, it's Farina. Anyway, uh, what was a fucking question? I got sidetracked with my really bad joke. Is, is is post show rebound a great time or the good time to start GH? Yeah, anytime is a good time to start GH. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, there's never a bad time to yeah, start GH. Yeah, exactly. I think if you want to get the most bang for your buck, you do it during your prep. Yeah, uh, particularly the last eight weeks. For the, all the reasons Scott was talking about in terms of the fat loss and et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, but if all of a sudden, you know, GH popped into your lap post-show, absolutely. Do you want to look yeah. like a monster in the gym as you're adding some calories <laughs> back in slowly and you're coming back to life? Like, you're going to like yourself for a good couple yeah. weeks. Agreed. I don't have anything to add to it. I completely agree. Let's see. Here's another one. Um, so would GH help to tighten the loose skin that sits below the belly button? It might, but you know, elasticity of the skin, I can relate to this. Um, when I get untrained and I remember a couple years ago when I was off everything, I mean, I could pull the skin off on my biceps. It was it was ridiculous. It was like someone took the air out of me. And because I've been training for so long, people who are older have this, you know, if you, you stretch the skin repeatedly over and over, it's like a rubber band. It, eventually it loses its elasticity. It's just not going to be as elastic. So it is incredibly important that if you're younger, you're getting to middle age that you don't want to sit there with all that that extra weight, if you're carrying extra weight, you want to get it off because the longer you hold it, you, the less likely that your skin is going to be tight when it comes time that you decide that you want to lose that weight later in life. The one thing I do know of, and this is old school, and a lot of people may already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway in case they don't. If you aren't uh, deficient in zinc, zinc that can contribute to uh, having less skin elasticity. So do make sure that something as simple as not having a zinc deficiency, uh, you know, you're, that you're taking care of that. But, you know, in theory, on paper, growth should help with that. Um, but whether it does or not, it just depends on what your situation. I would say this, though, if you're already having issues, do not yo-yo up and down on the off-season bulk, uh, in-season lean. Even if you don't compete, don't go that route because you're good. if you continue to stretch it, what I have seen over time is people who do have loose skin, if they stay leaner all the time, you will get leaner than a lot of times, especially if you're older, you will get leaner than what your skin can keep up with. But if you stay lean, then the skin can a lot of times continue to catch up. Will it catch up 100%? It may not, but it will catch up more than if you're uh, if you just lose a bunch of weight during a contest prep and then balloon right back up. 
So it's just it's it's one more of the myriad of reasons that you just want to stay uh, as lean as you as you can and still grow if you're not getting ready for a show or you're not in a cut phase. Got nothing to add to that. All right. Um, In that case, I think I have one more legit question and then we'll go to that other kind of off topic question. Whoa, I just blew that up really big. Um, Anadrol late in prep for added fullness. Um, he asked, is it too risky, uh, to too risky to water you over or a good addition, perhaps thoughts. Oh, you're going to stop there. Yeah. I'm going to quit there. Okay. It looks like he has, more. you want it, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I think, um, like anything with like any compound, it all depends on, on the person really. Um, there's some people that I will throw in, you know, anadrol over the last 10 days or, or super draw, um, you know, they don't aromatize, they're going to increase your fullness. Um, I do know some people though, they do end up a little watery when they throw compounds like that in, in the last stages could be other factors, but, mm-hmm. um, I think it's an individual type thing. Um, but that, that's my take on it. You know, it's something that like, if some, if a, if a client's like, Hey, I have, you know, 50 megs or a couple, you know, hundred tabs of anadrol. Do you think we could throw it in this last 10 days? I'll discuss like the potential positives, the potential risks. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, and, and if they look friggin' ridiculous, I'll be like, nah, let's not even bother. Like you look really good. Why, why bother? But if it's one of those things where maybe it's their trial show, I, I know we hate to use that word t- trial show, but yeah, you know, it's you. their qualifier and they're on that level where they're going to qualify mm-hmm. qualified no matter what their main show is four weeks after that. It's like, yeah, let's, let's see how you look on it. Let's see what the, what the bonus factor is. It and, may help for the next show. You know, yeah. you may find out exactly. something good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's important to note too, that the leaner you are, the less water you're going to hold on compounds like that. Anyway, I was vehemently against it for a very long time and about three years ago or so I threw it in during and I I was like where is this sloppy weight and then I laughed and said "Mm, I guess I'm not sloppy anymore that's why there's no sloppy weight I looked ridiculous on it so I, I feel the same way you do I if I had to guess I think that the majority of people who are in really good condition and they're lean as shit can benefit from it there are exceptions but I think that the majority can um, and you can always, the nice thing is, is if you do put it in at three, four weeks out and you see something right away that you don't like, you can always pull it back out and it's not going to be this thing that, you know, sidetracks the prep or sidetracks their condition. You put it in, you see it, you pull it back out and you inevitably, you just end up back where you were as far as condition, especially if it was a water issue. So, um, it's certainly not going to make you fatter. Um, it's just a, it's a water, water retention issue show. So give it a shot and see, but, uh, I love the shit and I stayed away from it for years for that reason, because I always used to take it before in the off season and blow up and, and it's ridiculous. I still don't think it's as good as Anavar. I know that people have their preferences and that's fine, but I don't care to carry a ton of water. And I still think I got more strength and still continue to get strength, uh, more so out of real Anavar, uh, on top of the, the ridiculous muscular contraction. Because your was Anadrol. <laughs> yeah, and that could be too. That very well could be. You never know these days. <laughs> There's a factor there, Andrew, when you're like, or it could, you know, you could get watery. It could be from other things. Um, yeah. Liver, you know, if, you're, if your liver isn't functioning as well, if you were to say already had, like a guy who already had like a weaker liver wasn't necessarily super efficient, then maybe if that wasn't, you know, functioning as well that could be well, andy's already if he's running three other orals with it proviron halo and you know um you know winstrol or anivar right. like yeah 
that's a lot on your liver, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things there. I mean, even increasing estrogen, if someone is hypersensitive to estrogen, but you have it controlled and then you put in something like anadrol that for someone who's hypersensitive to it kind of push them over, have more of an impact from that added kickback, then I mean, that could be an issue too. There's, there's certainly different things that, and that's why it's an individual, you know, yeah. individual thing. Here's another thing. Uh, here's another thing I, I like to have clients try. Look, let's say we didn't do a really long, they were doing one show and it wasn't a really long, high compound prep. Okay. So they get done the show, they have their Saturday and their Sunday, they eat up or whatever. And then we get them back to base by like Thursday, Friday. Well, now let's do another trial run for maybe the next hmm. time we compete. And because you're already in shape and we got all mm -hmm. the, the water off from last weekend, let's do another trial run and let's maybe do two weeks and throw something in. And, you know, before we pull all the compounds, I know, Skip, you like to have them not train and, and pull pretty much all their compounds right out. But I'm saying in a special situation, it was a shorter prep. They only did one show. Um, it might sure. be a good time to experiment after the show because they're already in shape. And when you, when's the next time you're going to have a clean slate to try something like that? You know, it's funny because there's a lot of different things like that. I, as an example, with my clients after the show, I always I insist that they keep track the next day if they haven't watered over by the time they go to bed. When when did you water over? What did you eat? How much fluid did you take in? Because if they don't water over well into you know Saturday night, then you know that there was more room there to fill mm -hmm. them out versus I know I've gotten home from the show taking a shower, changed my clothes and went, Oh, I'm starting to water out. I nailed this motherfucker boy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that's, good that's, that's to a know. Really good point. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good, there's a window there. And a lot of people, you have to fight them on it because they, they want to shut down the bodybuilding mind at yeah. least for that, you know, that day and the rest of the weekend or a couple of days. And some people you will have to fight for, but I always tell them it's in your best interest. I mean, that's yeah. just, that, I'm doing this for you. It's not, you know, it's not a me thing. I'm making sure that, you know, we learn from this and move forward. And even if you're not going to work with me, it's something you could still take, you know, to the, to your next preps and, and that sort of thing. How hard is it to keep track of, you know, what you ate over that night and the next day and then take a few more pictures, right. sure. know, keep track of fluids. How hard is it to do that? You know, I mean, yeah. you did all this work for 16 weeks. It's another day or two, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I'm going to use that. That's a really good idea. All right. Back to this one. Uh, <laughs> Share a crazy client story or uh, you or someone you know of. Yeah, I know. I tried to think of it earlier, too. I got a couple. Um, well, the problem good. Is, is if, like, some of these stories that I tell, the person's going to know I'm telling their story. Yeah, especially you know, if they're <laughs> listening to the show, right? Yeah. I, got a I, can, I so, can tell one. Do you, do you have one? Were you about to I'll go, Andrew? I'll narrow it down to one. You go. Okay. Mine, because I, I don't care if he knew. Because this guy actually uh, blocked me and blocked everybody that I worked with. He was uh, a friend. I, I, I worked with with about five guys from my gym. And uh, they, you know, they're all competing. And this guy kind of started hanging out with them. And he wanted to compete. So we started working together, you know, he's a friend of my, fr these guys that I work with and these guys, I would say we, they were my clients initially, but we all grew to be friends. I look at these guys as almost like, they're kind of like an extended family to me. And I put them through some leg workouts that made us family. Like by the time we got through those leg workouts, yeah, we were bonded. Um, and some of us still are today. This guy, uh, we start working together and, and I think I learned something from this too. I think I learned that not everybody can handle 
the regular drugs that we use in prep. Uh, I found out later this guy had anger issues. Uh, like he like he had had like relationship anger issues known as being one of those hothead guys. And if I had known that and I kind of I've used that now because I've actually worked with a couple guys who, you know, weren't able to handle trend. Uh, this guy wasn't wasn't he wasn't able to recognize that he wasn't able to handle trend. Uh, and uh, I, I just remember some of our interactions toward the end. It was like he was also a guy, too. Like I said, he had never competed. I think he got to the point where he wanted me. He wanted me to fire him as a client because then he could have like a little pity party of being like, well, I couldn't do it because Scott quit working with me, you know, and then I'm a bad guy. So I said, you know what? Fuck that. We're working together. We don't have to be friends, <laughs> but you'll check in and I'll give you the, 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 the advice and we'll keep going. But the, our interactions came like this. I was like, hey, you know, uh, send me a check in on Friday. Uh, just text it to me because at a certain point, I just want people to text me their check ins because we ne might need to make changes that day. And uh, I was like, we're, we're going to plan a cheat meal uh, this weekend, probably Saturday. You know, we, we need to load you. And uh, and I told I think I, whatever it was, I changed the day on the cheat meal. I was like, do it Friday instead of Saturday. And he texted me back, you know, I'm really getting sick and tired of your bullshit. You tell me one thing and then you yeah. tell me to do another thing later. He's like, yeah. make up your, you know, he's, you got to make up your fucking mind. Mm -hmm. I've had that. Yeah. I've yeah. had that too. I had so that. What, that what was, you say to him? I, you know what? I, I, I thought I, at that time I felt like, oh wow, he just doesn't understand the way this process works. And if he were to understand this, he wouldn't, I took it like, like I was just a nice guy. And that's sometimes that's what I do is like, I'm just too nice, you know, because like, oh, he must have not understood me. So I spent like the next 10, 15 minutes very concerned at that point that I was like, oh, man, I really upset him and I need but him. That's a good thing from a professional, from a business perspective, yeah. losing your shit and, and laying into somebody. And I, I mean, I come from the boards, you know, that used to happen. And I think as I have prepped more people and I've gotten years and years under my belt, I take that approach much more from a business standpoint, because if you do get on him and then he goes out and bad mouths, it doesn't matter if you're right or not. It doesn't yeah. matter if he's psycho or he's off the hook or he's lost his shit. You're going to look like you're unprofessional and that you, you don't understand business. So I well, think you did. I think you worse. did the right thing. Oh, it got, did it? it Holy shit. Oh. Okay. So there's more. I remember uh, <laughs> it was it was like my off day and I was going to the zoo. Uh, I was with my girl. We were literally getting in the car and I wasn't going to have to think about diet work for a little while. We're going to the fucking zoo. And he texts me and he was like, hey, I have an abscessed tooth. We we're like, I think, like 12 days out. He was like, I have an abscessed tooth and uh, the doctor is putting my, me on antibiotics. And um, what's the, what's the antibiotic? Um, there's one antibiotic that uh, that is less likely to make you cause water, hold water retention. Uh, I learned it from Dave Palumbo and it does work. And I can't remember. It's not a Z-Pack. I can't remember what it is. It's an antibiotic, though, right? Yeah, it wasn't Z-Pack, but uh, I only thing, pay, I don't pay attention to the quinolones. Well, whatever it was, I said, uh, and, and I think it can depend, you know, I, I think person to person. But I, whatever the case, 
I didn't want to change anything because we're so close to the show. This is such an, a terrible time to get a tooth abscess. And at the time, I remembered what the antibiotic was. And I just quickly texted him back because I'm literally getting in the car to leave with my girl. We're going to the zoo. We're not dealing with this. And I said, uh, uh, ask your doctor if you can get this antibiotic. And uh, he texted me back and he said, no. My doctor is giving me this antibiotic, clindamycin it was. My doctor is giving me clindamycin. You're not my doctor. You're my coach. You don't tell me what antibiotics to take. Said, <laughs> okay. My doctor will tell me what antibiotics to take. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was, not, I was still nice to him. I, I did have That's a talk crazy. with him, and I told him, I was like, listen, we're not going to be friends, you know. But because he, he had all sorts of stuff. He was like, you favorite the other guys, you know, you, you don't you don't like me like you like them. Did he like, talk just like that? Just like that? Like, no, he cried. He sounded like a little bitch. <laughs> but, but, the, but, the, but the other guys, do they talk to you that way and through messages God. or text messages? God, no. I mean, no. So, yeah. So he ended up by the end of that. Um, he was so ashamed, I think, of his yeah. of himself. He ended up like, like I said, he ended up blocking me. I'm still blocked mm -hmm. to this day, I believe. Uh, he blocked, he blocked the people who were his friends. He went to another gym, and wow. I've been told that when when those like other people from our circle of people show up and they see him, that he he like gives he acts angry to them, like, oh man, these this place is just so it's turned into shit now that there's these people showing up and. You know, he just was, he, he had so many issues and I know he had gone through so many relationships and it, obviously it wasn't me, but sometimes you get strapped and that's, that's what I would call a bad fucking client right there. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Would you say it was just, because I think you started off by saying that, it, you know, some people just don't do well with trend, but do you think it was the lifestyle in general? Because I kind of got a follow up story to that that mm. matches with yours completely almost. I think that for him, it was a, probably more than just the one thing. It was probably a lot of it. You know, it was probably that the, he had never dieted like that before. Uh, you know, he uh, he 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 I think was resistant to that. He was not resilient. You know, a, a good friend of mine, I, I can't really say good friend like we talk all the time, but Kate Denunzio, she uh, she works as like, the, she calls herself like a, an expert at change. She helps businesses and people evoke change in their life. And she told me that uh, one of the things about champions, successful people are that they are resilient. Mm -hmm. and this guy was the opposite of resilient. So I think that that was a big factor was like to tell him that the cheat meal was going to be on a different day, even though we got to have it sooner or whatever, you know, it's like. He couldn't handle that. He melted down. And then on top of it, I think he just had anger issues. Like he would get in fights and stuff like that. And like, I think he had some domestic stuff that history, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's never one thing. I don't think even when people say yeah. it's trend, I mean, a lot of time it's the dieting because people can take trend in the off season, be nowhere near as much of a dick as if they're getting lean. That, thank you. That's what I was going to say. Because, mm -hmm. uh, cause when someone was like, he, one of my training partner yes, uh, yesterday asked me, he's like, well, like with the trend, you know, am I going to get all aggressive? And I'm like, listen, dude, like this whole misnomer about you're going to be aggressive and you're going to be an asshole. That's not from the gear because you've ran trend in the off season at, yeah. you know, you ran some trendy, whenever I don't coach them. I just train with them. But I was, and I was like, anyone that's a dick during the end of their prep, it's because they're tired and they're starving. That's yeah. it. Like you can take those same compounds any other time of the year and they're just whole bum, whatever, no big deal. It's because you're tired and you're starving and it really weighs on you. That's it. I agree. All right. We're going to, who's going? 
because I it took me a minute, but I do have a horrible you, you one. Because if if I say mine, like the person's gonna know who it is, and I don't really feel like dealing with drama. See, and that was oh, my yeah. thing. I went yeah, through we three or that. four, and I said I can't tell this one. I can't tell that one. I yeah. don't feel comfortable telling this one. That sort of thing. And I do appreciate this. You used ashamed correctly instead of embarrassed. I know that those things are not important to people, but I like that you differentiated the fact that he was definitely ashamed and not embarrassed. But anyway, what would be um, the, what would be the difference there? What's the difference? Ashamed is inward you're embarrassed if you like if he were to see you or something like that then that's different but but inward ashamed is basically inward yeah so he didn't want to have to deal with it and it's not that you can't be both but based on what you said it was clearly he was he was ashamed um so (laughs) this is a good one um it's actually it's it's horrible and i'm surprised it didn't come to my brain sooner but um, my sister passed away at 29 in 2007 and she she passed in her sleep out of the blue there were no warnings nothing so i'd gone back to michigan and i had two people in shows one was uh super cool and the other one wasn't and we're talking about a week out from a show and uh it's just you know it was a state show and i don't want to say just because you know a show is a show and you're you know you put a lot on the line everything else but what i'm saying is it wasn't nationals it wasn't after pro card or anything else but it was still obviously significant and i went out of my way to make sure that those two clients were taken care of i was on the phone constantly that sort of thing and the one and i won't mention his name um the one that bothers me even talking about it, to be honest with you, but yeah, we got that, into that bothers this, me a little bit too. Yeah, story, it does. You know? It makes me anxious um, because it really infuriates me. Um, but it'll come around here when I explain and, and what happened because there was ashamed involved too. Um, similar situation. So anyway, what happened was I remember being, I mean, just like it was yesterday, I was on my uh, brother's back deck in Michigan and I had to get up from the table and walk away because I was just losing my shit. He was giving me shit about um, I hadn't responded in four or five hours or something to that effect. And I said that I was getting ready to go to the funeral and I was going to call him afterwards. And he said to me, and I quote, have fun at the funeral. And I mean, my jaw is shaking because I'm getting I just I get so worked up. I rarely in my 51 years and I wasn't 51 at that time. I was 46 or so, but. To that point, I don't think that I have ever been stopped dead in my tracks and didn't know what to say yeah. or what to do and and was so angry that I thought my my blood was just going to come out of my fucking eyeballs and my ears and, and everything else. And he had hung up and I went to call him back and I, I saw, you know, my family was you know sitting there and everything else. And I thought, I can't do this right now. And yeah. that made it worse because I couldn't address it at that time. Now, I want to say it made it worse. It made it worse in my brain, but it was probably better that I didn't. Yeah. Number one, he wouldn't have answered. So that, but had we had a confrontation or been in front of each other, you know, that's a situation to me where I, I don't know that I wouldn't have just grabbed anything that I could and just literally just beat him senseless. But here's the, the caveat, if you will, it, it ended up that because there was time to think by the time I came back, I wouldn't even check my phone. I don't know if I turned it off or whatever else, but I didn't check it till late that night. And my voicemail had been blown up and he was mortified. He was going on and on about how ashamed he, he couldn't believe it. He was actually upset. He was emotional saying that he couldn't, he's so sorry. And that he knows that I have everything covered and every, that he just freaked out. And I just can't believe I ever said that. And, and I ended up going to the show when I got back 
And I took care of him just like I always would have. And then when we were done, I said, I don't want to ever have another word with you. I don't want to see you. I don't ever want to deal with you again. And he said, I understand. And I think that through him because I think he thought that I was going to let it ride. Yeah. But I felt like I had this, you know, obviously from a professional standpoint, I had to make a really big decision. I could have been a dick about it, which I really, really wanted to, or I could be professional and show that I had, you know, control and discipline. And he had come back and he had apologized, but I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of it. And it was the same thing. I never heard from him. I've never seen him on social media. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. That's done. This guy after the show apologized to me too. And, uh, he's, you know, he, he told me how profusely sorry he was and that he really appreciated my patience and all that. And then he asked if we could work together for the off season. And I said, no, Mm -hmm. it's just the best thing to do because it can happen again. Yes. It happened once. And I can tell that you're remorseful. I get that. Yeah. And, but at the same time, it's, I don't need your negative shit. I don't need to be drained like this. And especially at a time that was so horrible anyway, and you made it even worse than what it was. Yeah. Wow. You trumped us. You, you win. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I feel like such a winner. <laughs> you know, both, both these guys are probably exempt, exemplary clients for someone else now yeah. because of those yeah. interactions. That and that very well and could they, be. And they self, you know, inflected this at, Oh my God, like mm-hmm. I made some very crucial mistakes and I lost a really good ally, a really good coach. And mm-hmm. They probably mended their behavior unless they're just complete assholes. My guy. And I agree. I completely agree with you. I know that I have reflected upon that for a long time. And I have said to myself, because I know, look, I'm, you know, I'm no fucking angel. I'm never, I don't fancy myself a hurtful person or, you know, shitty, but I know that I have said things and done things with no ill intent, uh, which clearly that was kind of, that was ill intent, but I know I've done things that have you know, leveled people or, or made them sure. feel like shit and everything else too. So it's a reminder that even though he did that and even though it was bad and there was the potential for that to happen again and I didn't want to have to deal with it, it doesn't mean that, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to stick up for the guy, but it doesn't mean that he's just a shitty person. I, he just lost his shit. He lost his shit. He completely fucking freaked out. And he said about the worst possible fucking thing he could do to lash out because he felt like he was out of control and oh my God, and this is all going to come. And it's that narcissism. That's yeah. what bothered me the most about it. Yeah. Nothing else mattered. There was no empathy in that moment for anybody else. And you took it out on me in the worst way you could possibly take it out on me. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Well, on that bright note, let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Guys, of course, uh, check out Skip over at teamskip.com. Uh, I still can't fucking remember it. Barry, body, Barry, Barry, bodyberry.com. I did. I did know it and I didn't trust <laughs> what throws myself. me is Barry small and then body by yeah. Body Barry. Check out these Barry guys small. at those sites and you can just reach out to me. <laughs> McNally diets at Gmail. We appreciate having you guys here and uh, feel free to comment, comment on the show. We uh, will take your questions on the next one. And how far out are you, Andrew? Six days. That's what I thought. It's going to be a week. So, Kick ass. Yeah, best of enjoy. luck, man. Yeah, enjoy this next week. I always like it because it's sit-around time. Well, after like Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. you done all the work. You get to just sit there and enjoy it and wait for the ass whooping you're, you want to unleash on everybody, and I think that's great. So well, I'm a fan. I'll be following you, and I do wish you well. Thank so. You. Thank you very much. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, me too. We can Can't talk about to... it on the next podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Thanks to our live feed people, too. You guys are awesome. Thank you